0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,665. Today we're in the streets of L.A. with a graffiti artist, a guy named Risk. We're getting a little chaotic. Hold on, this is going to be fun. Because I'm in the streets of Los Angeles with a very creative guy by the name of Risk. His close friends know him as Kelly Graval, but we're going to call him Risk today because that's how he's known. Hey, Risk, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I am. Let's do this.
0: All right. We'll have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, I want you to share one little thing with me that most people don't know about you.
1: Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm originally from New Orleans. Uh, you know, love to cook Cajun food. Moved out here in seventh grade, became a long-haired surfer kid, and started doing graffiti shortly after that.
0: Well, there you go. A a chef. Yeah, Cajun food. Yeah. We we like that here. That sounds good. Well, listen, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into some of the very cool stuff that you're doing. I've had so many artists on the show, and we're going to talk about a certain uh, Chevy Nova, which is near and dear to my heart. My first car was a Chevy Nova. So let me give you a proper introduction. Kelly Graval, who most people know as Risk, is a multi-talented fine artist, sculptor, And graffiti pioneer, who's been synonymous with Los Angeles art community for over three decades. From his early days as a founder of the West Coast Graffiti Movement to gallery and museum exhibits around the globe, Risk has transformed from a street artist to a rising star in the contemporary art world. His work has been featured in major museums and in top galleries all over the globe. Risk has been compared to the Ferris Gallery Movement by Art Academia. He's recently teamed up with Monster Energy in the launch of a juice monster titled Chaotic and Papillon, and he's taken a 1960. 72 Chevrolet Nova and turned it into a vibrant, what we'll call a chaotic masterpiece. I've seen this thing. It's insane. And Risk, along with Monster Energy drinks, well... They're going to give this car away to one lucky winner. We're going to tell you how you can throw your name in the hat to be driving this very cool car very soon. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Risk about this incredible life he's created around his love for graffiti and art and so many different mediums. But first, a word from our valued sponsors to make the show possible. Sit tight. Crack open a monster energy drink. Enjoy it. We'll be right back. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a Covercraft custom fit car cover. I know because I've been using their covers on my vehicles since 1975. Plus, they offer a multitude of options depending on your situation. Indoor covers include Form Fit, Dust Stop, the Oh So Soft Fleece Satin, and their very unique View Shield, a cover that protects while allowing you to see your favorite vehicle while the cover's on your car. Amazing. Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? There are incredible options. Allow you to choose from Weather Shield, Umbrella, Weather Shield HD, Blockit, Reflect, Carhartt Evolution Nova, and Weather Shield HP. So many options. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection even ding protection and protection from those paint destroying bird droppings. They've got you covered. Their soft touch covers are safe for your paint and the custom fit keeps them from blowing off. If you live in a windy area, get the Covercraft Gust Guards. They're a must-have if your car sits outside in windy conditions. Worried about theft? They have cable locks, too, with built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any ordering questions. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle on the planet. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code Yeah, 120 at covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your covercraft order. That's right. So go to covercraft.com, use the code yeah Y E A H, 120 at checkout and get 10% off on me, Mark, here at Cars. Yeah, covercraft. They've got you covered. American Collector's Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with them for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collector's Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collector's Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collector's Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866 aci Yeah, that's 866 224 9324 and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. <laughs> All right, we are back. So, Kelly, before we dive into this incredible life you created for yourself, is there a mantra or some kind of a success quote that you think has been instrumental in forming this life you created? I always say it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking. In your case, the cans spraying here on Cars, yeah? So, Kelly, grab the wheel.
1: Yeah, man, I guess so. There's a couple of them, but I think the one that comes to mind is... um Dennis Hopper, when I was a kid, I had the opportunity to meet him at a very young age, and he judged the first graffiti competition in Los Angeles. We became friends ever since, and I remember showing my artwork throughout, and I remember one time going to him specifically, and he said, yeah, man, I told him, look, man, my graffiti looks like a sticker. It's so clean. It's so perfect, blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah. I said, like a sign painter. And he goes, yeah, you should just be a sign painter then. And I was like, huh? No, I'm an artist. he goes, well, get tight and paint loose. And I was like, oh, wow. And I thought about that, and I started getting really organic with my paintings, and that changed
0: my whole painting career. Get tight, stay loose. You know, this is really fascinating to me. I grew up in a house where my dad was an architect and an artist. He exposed me from a very young age to all sorts of art. We used to go to Los Angeles. I grew up down in La Jolla, California, but we'd go up to LA almost every other weekend to art exhibits, to galleries. He was so into this and he, he really blew my mind open when it came to art and things. But of course, LA back when I was a kid, late 70s, early 80s, this whole graffiti thing was just starting to come on scene and and originally of course many people looked at graffiti as not art but it's evolved into this incredible thing and and I'm in awe of what you've done here about changing it into a, a way of life for you and for many people. So let's let's dive into a couple of things. One is this transformation of going from this tight sign painter type art that you created to a very loose and some of the things that you've been doing lately, especially your big murals on buildings, are so organic and, and they're just they're almost moving to me. They're alive. So talk me through this transformation that happened after those very wise words from that famous actor.
1: Yeah, man, because, like, you know, I I did all that stuff, you know, and and lowriders were a big influence to me here in California, right? And the colors and stuff like that. And I liked a lot of the line work, and I applied that to my graffiti. And then eventually I just got to the point where I started saying, like, I just wanted to evoke emotional color without letters or characters or stuff like that. So I just started doing this whole buildings encompassed with color. And um, that's how it all started, just kind of just took a mad shift.
0: You know, a lot of artists go through this. If you look at some of the masters, even, even P- Pablo Picasso and others who started, or Jackson Pollock, if you look at some of their early work, most people would go, that's not Pablo Picasso. That's not jackson pollock they were very tight they did traditional what we call traditional art you know people Mm -hmm, trees mm -hmm. things and then they evolve into this whole they morph almost their whole personality morphs and that's part of becoming extremely famous in the art world and and i'm in awe of people like you risk that can take art and evolve it into something that has value not only money value but to fine art and people who love fine art, and they appreciate it. So kind of tell me, was there a point in time when you started to see in yourself that transition, and then as you started to become more famous? I mean, you've worked with some incredible people, not only major companies, I think you're the first artist to do anything for Monster, but also with rock stars, with brands, with icons. You do sculptures, you do neon, I mean, you just keep evolving as a human being and as a creative type. But was there at that point in time when you started to say to yourself, you know what? I think I can make a living at this.
1: Yeah. You know, well, first of all, I think art is, you know, as we do different kind of, I'm an artist that'll never know completion. That's what I like to think Mm -hmm. of myself as. Love it. And, I think that all different art is just different chapters in our lives. So you talk about Picasso, you talk about all these people that all had these different things. It's just a different chapter. My graffiti is very different than my public murals is very different than my gallery work. It's all very different stuff, just different chapters in life. And I think as an artist, if you love the arts, you just want to know more and more and more and dive in deeper, deeper, deeper down the rabbit hole. And, you know, being the first to do stuff like that is, you know, I, I painted in Michael Michelangelo's studio and I was the first person to paint in his studio since he did. And that was the biggest achievement or, satisfied or just a moment of my life you know really it's just something that you know you do art every day you wake up this is what we do this is how we communicate and it just keeps going you know keep on keeping on it's another slogan I like to say a lot just because that's really kind of life you know
0: so wait a minute you painted the Michelangelo the Italian Michelangelo
1: yeah, I went to to Rome, and I painted in his studio. Like uh, it's, It was an outdoor studio that had a tunnel connected to the Vatican, and it was a private little studio he had, and I was actually knighted oh. by the Medici family. Oh, my gosh. And they allowed me to go in there and uh, set up an easel one day and sit in there and, and get loose and paint a little bit, and it was really cool.
0: Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. I I can't even imagine that being a creative person, I worked in the graphic arts field and industry for a long time, marketing, talk about having to be tight, right? Very rarely could you get very loose in that world. I always dreamed of doing stuff like what you do. When you get yourself into these situations, do you just stop sometimes and go, how did I get here? How, How did this happen?
1: You know what happens? I like I don't even think about it at the time, but like usually like a month later or sometime later, I'm like, wait, did that just happen? Or did that really happen? Like you know Yeah. It's just you don't think about the time. You're just like just traveling, right? You're in the moment, you're just doing you, and then all of a sudden someday you're just sitting there and you think about it and you're like, wow man, like it's just kind of crazy.
0: Some of the people that you've been able to connect with on this journey of your life have been incredible people i mean michael jackson one of his videos you did the background graffiti for you've worked with some rock bands that are just insane other brand makers have there been any of those or has it been an evolution that you've really kind of kicked you back on your feet to go again i can't believe i'm here this this is incredible
1: well i mean back to the other question i think michael jackson was the first one that made me realize oh i could support myself doing this you know that was the first job that i got that was like Wow. And after that I did the MTV Music Awards and and all those movies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I mean, there's all these, you know, Aerosmith becoming friends with those guys or slash, you know, I'm from Los Angeles too. So it's a little different. You know, we we grew up like hanging out with all these people, you know, so it's a little different for us. But um, being able to be friends and peers and work with them is pretty special. You know, it's pretty cool.
0: Well, wow. yeah, it's amazing. You get a peek into these people's worlds that are, uh, I guess, is to use the word chaotic. To jump back to this monster drink. Uh, it, now, this is the first brand label for a soft. Drink, I call them a soft drink, but a juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the first one you've done for somebody like this that's so commercial, where it's going to be? You know, there's going to be millions of these on shelves all over the world.
1: Yeah, this monster was the first one I've done. Uh, first one for Monster. I've done some, you know, private label cans for some, some, you know, my own beers kind of label stuff like that tarantula brewery I, i work with them this is the first major uh it's a you know energy drink label that i've done and it's the first one they've done with an artist so it's pretty cool
0: well it's really cool you know one thing i wanted to talk to you about this because you talked about going from tight to loosening up and there's an element on these cans and i see it also we're going to talk about this uh chevrolet nova that you did as well of butterflies and butterflies have a real significance in our family my wife has lost both her parents uh and not too do, too distance uh past and whenever we see for instance butterflies we always think of her mom and we think "Oh, our mom's here to visit uh, because butterflies represent so many things freedom and beauty and carefree they're here and then they're gone what is it with butterflies with you
1: uh pretty much everything you just said you know i had a friend that that uh I lost his, his daughter at a very early age, mm. and I did a painting for them with butterflies. And the butterflies just kind of stuck with me. They resonated. I have some very young daughters, and I'm in a celebratory life of a stage of life, and, and it's just things are very different. And I, I kind of you know, I do a lot of monarchs, and I say from anarch to monarch, and you know, I grew up <laughs> yes. in Venice Beach. And I hung,
0: love that. Punk yeah. rock
1: days. So it, it has so many meanings to me. It's just like, I don't know. It's just a beautiful element it's like i i'm just hooked on right now you know i don't know how long they're gonna last with me but right now i'm all about the butterflies
0: i think it's cool because the way your art lays down there's all these layers and messages and stories be- between the colors the molding or morphing colors together and then these rigid elements of polka dots and lines and splashes and colors and then and then there's, there's this butterfly and you go okay where the butterfly come from that's really interesting but then the border- butterfly starts to melt away and dissolve into yeah. the background so uh it's really cool what you're doing L- let's talk about the nova for a minute because my regular listeners know the first car in my life when i was a, a kid the only thing i could really afford was this 67 chevy nova now this is back in the Early '70s, so that was pretty much a used car. It wasn't anything super special. I didn't have one of those cool coupes with the big motors. It's kind of an old yeah. granny, old granny car. But I will tell you, I put some surf racks on it, and I could pile all my buddies in, and we could all get to the beach and have some fun. You mentioned in one of your videos that at one point you had an a- affection for Novas, and then they show up with this Nova, and they kind of said, "Do whatever you want." So when you when you get a chance to create, uh, you, what it reminded me of here was the wonderful art cars that were done by BMW, uh-huh. where they took all of those famous artists, Calder, and and also, well, there some incredible names put on those cars. And then they went and raced them, which I couldn't believe. Luckily, they've all survived. So what was your thought process in creating this Nova?
1: Well, uh, like you, I, I had... I've been around Nova's when I was a kid. You know, I remember the Lakefront New Orleans, and all my friends had Nova's, and that was like the car I really aspired to want to get. And years later, I got a 66 Chevelle, and it was the closest I got to that. And it's just like, I just, it's just, it was like an old muscle car memory to me from the Lakefront New Orleans, you know? Yeah. And they just have so much style, and they look aggressive, especially when they're done right, you know?
0: Sure. So when you looked at that car and you stepped back and said, okay, what am I going to do? Walk us through the process of how you create. Do you think through things a lot in advance or do you just kind of dive into them and, and start letting your, your creative muscles go crazy?
1: I just dive into them, but that was really easy because uh, we wanted it to represent the can. So I I, I approached that different than I've approached painting normal cars or motorcycles in the past. You know, I, this was like painted like a piece of art, like a canvas. Mm-hmm. So you know, we we primed it and it was painted with acrylic first, and then some car paint, and then some flake and you know stuff like that. But it was, it was really painted as a piece of art, not really at a car paint job, so to speak. So it's kind of a unique car. Like whoever wins that car. They're gonna have to put some really heavy clear coat on that thing, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was just a fun project. It was really cool to be able to just paint a car like a canvas and not have to worry about really doing a lot of the stuff that we do when we paint cars. You know?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Have you have you actually painted some cars for people?
1: Yeah, cars and motorcycles. Show cars. Yeah, like I know that. you've
0: done motorcycles. So for
1: Indian, I did Indian too. Yeah, that was that was the most recent. I think that package was actually uh, that was actually like a. a I did a tank and then they did a replica tap snap-on tanks. So they sell them at each accessory. You get to snap on your Indian tanks.
0: Got it. Okay. I understand. Do you have a favorite vehicle that you like to paint on or is there, are there cars in the future or bikes that you'd like to do in the future?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. I, you know, I've done that so long, you know, when I was a kid, I was doing that and stuff like that. I'm just kind of, out of that phase right now, I actually paint canvases like cars. You know, I do a lot of low-riding panels on metal canvases and stuff like that. Yeah. So I still do a little of that. I just like to paint anything. I guess it doesn't really matter.
0: <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Whatever is there is a canvas for a guy like Risk, that's for sure. Kind of goes back to your graffiti days, most definitely. When did you first start this creative task with graffiti? Obviously in the, in the 80s, right? When you were growing up in L.A.?
1: Yeah, I think like 83 is when I started doing graffiti.
0: Okay, that was kind of the beginning phase. Now, back then, of course, it was a bit, or not a bit, it was pretty much an outlaw-type situation where you'd have to sneak in, do things, sneak out, certainly didn't want to get caught or anything. What was that point in time as you were out there doing that where you realized, you know what, there might be more to this than what I'm doing?
1: Yeah, well, you know, my first piece, I remember doing my first piece at my high school, and I I went that day, and I, I stole... A couple of cans of spray paint from the hardware store, and I sat out in front of my school, waited for it to get dark, and jumped the fence, went there, and did this piece. And it was just in my mind, I had this vision of this cool piece. And when it was done, it was just terrible. You know, it was like awful. But the next day at school, there was like hundreds of people around like, going, "Wow, it's so cool!" I was like, "That's cool." And they're like, "Yeah, look how big it is." And I was like, oh, "Okay, whatever." And then I just kept doing it, and doing it and doing it. And then I eventually got to where like I thought it was kind of cool. And then I was like, "Wow, I can go out on the streets and do this." So I went on the streets. You have to understand, this is like the New York style graffiti. So there was nobody in LA doing it. So it was, people were just like, "What is that?" You know. And then eventually, I met like maybe ten kids throughout the city, from, from East LA to Venice Beach, maybe ten kids doing graffiti. And three of them were probably from New York. And then um, I thought we had this huge crew, you know, where there was ten of us, and then twenty of us, and now there's hundreds of thousands. You know, it's crazy. But yeah, I just being out on the streets doing it, and the better you get, and the recognition you got, you just kind of thought something can happen with this. And when people always ask me, did you ever expect to be in galleries and museums? Yeah, I totally did. I never expected to paint Michelangelo's studio or do a monster can or, or any of these things. Mm-hmm. But I always expected this art form to be in galleries and museums one day. You know, that's what I kind of set out for.
0: Well, that's cool. You achieved your dream, which is absolutely fantastic. 100% very hard to become a professional i'll say professional meaning you actually get paid to create art make a living at it in this world now unfortunately i've interviewed hundreds of people that have figured out how to do it but it's very difficult it's very difficult uh and i think in your case risk it's seat time for you what we call in racing is you've just done this for so long and you keep honing your craft and modifying is what i see happening
1: Yeah. Like I said, I'm an artist. I'll never know completion. It's just different chapters. And where do we go from here?
0: Well, cool. Well, I always like to ask my guests about a big challenge they faced along the way. Something that maybe set you back, something that may have even said to you, you know what, I need to be doing something different. But the most important part of this journey I want you to share is the positive side, the learning lesson that took you forward, that got you to where you are today. So take us on a little trip back in time here to a really, really challenging time for you.
1: Well, growing up in Los Angeles and doing graffiti and running around places you shouldn't run around, you know, I got shot and stabbed and all these things, and I could have easily took a different turn. And I think art kind of saved me and kept me pretty balanced and forward-focused. And, forward focused. and um, yeah, it was very challenging. and. I stuck with it and I learned I didn't have to keep doing a lot of things I was doing with my art. And I could do other things, such as videos and stuff, and get paid with it. So I uh, hit that, that fork in the road and went the right way, fortunately.
0: Well, thank thankfully, you did. You've been shot and stabbed. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's some serious stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we, when we grew up in Los Angeles doing graffiti, it was like it wasn't always pretty. You have to understand people, you know, we're in different neighborhoods and they just think we're gang members. They don't know we're artists, you know? Right.
0: Well, yeah, very big different thing, because most of the time when you see graffiti on the streets, you think it's gang members marking territories and things. But there was a definite shift that happened. And can you recall when you personally saw that shift happening, let's say, in L.A.? where you real? Now, you were creating art. You weren't a gang member. You weren't trying to mark territory. But do you remember when you started to see more and more people not doing the gang thing, but were just strictly trying to be creative in any way they could?
1: Yeah, I think late 80s. See, I saw a whole rise of stuff where graffiti was super loved and then hated and loved and hated, you know, up and down. But I think the late 80s, you got a group of people that were, like, really good. And then, I think late 89, 91, right around there. No, maybe 87, 89, you started seeing, like, uh, stuff pop up on the news, like, kids are doing graffiti battle, they're battling on the walls rather than in the streets and stuff like that. So you started seeing a lot of good graffiti and you started noticing that there's graffiti art different than tagging, different than gang writing. So I think that was the the pinnacle, I think, of the time where people opened their eyes to it. But then, you know, with the onslaught of taggers, it got, you know, looked down upon again. And then with the last show at MoCA, um, Art in the Streets, I think that was, I don't know, 10 years ago, I don't know how long that was. But that was the huge one where... It was definitely here to stay. It was definitely like an art form. And there was definitely a differentiation between the art and the vandalism
0: yeah definitely well it's nice that it transpired into something very very positive and no doubt a lot of young people maybe even there's some old graffiti artists that have taken this craft like you have and created really spectacular careers and beautiful art for people to enjoy you've done some amazing work on buildings these murals you did one in san diego i saw on your website and then a huge one i think you
1: set a world record right oh yeah that one's in canada actually and that was uh, a the world record for the Northern America or something. That was a great experience. It was a hospital. Uh, we had, you know, not too long to do it. We just worked around the clock and it, we, <laughs> a lot of challenges on that. Some of the lifts wouldn't go that high. We had to get in a in a crane and in a bucket and oh my gosh, finish the top. But yeah, it was a great experience.
0: Well, it's beautiful what you did. I mean, you just, I, and for a hospital, a place where most people go where it's not so much fun, they're ill, uh, maybe they're dying, who knows. And to be able to walk up to that and get refreshed if you will uh, and excited uh, i think it's a fantastic thing you did when we come back i want to talk a little bit about your automotive passion because we are here on cars yeah so mm-hmm. everybody sit tight i'm going to open this bottle and this is my first taste of this drink by the way risk nice chaotic so i'm going to take a quick sip here oh man you know what that's good i like that So I'm I'm going to enjoy a little bit of this chaotic. We're going to say thank you to our sponsors. we come back, we're going to dive into risks, passion for cars. He grew up in Southern California, so there's got to be some car love going on here. So sit back, enjoy your can of chaotic or papillon from Monster Juice. Juice Monster. We'll be right back. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you'll make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. So, what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Racer and the Racer's Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like Racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and And the 24. Today I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's wine advocate. It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code Yeah" all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code Yeah" at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series go to adoberoadwise.com and use the code cars today (laughs) cheers all right risk we're back and i want you to share a story with me that instigated a bit of a personal passion you have for cars maybe going back to your youth that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you know what cars are cool i like cars so take us on a little trip
1: well, for me in california it was the lowriders man when i saw those they, they blew me away i just stared at them for hours you know they'd come to my school and they'd drive by the school and i was like what is that and the the metal flake you know was just blew me away because i was a big bmx kid and we had the space tape stickers and stuff like that and a lot of the cars remind me of that oh yeah and uh, that's how i got into it you know i was just in the cars for that but then i started you know getting into muscle cars i started building some cars and then um To this day, I I have like, uh, what do I have now? I got a 67 Lowrider. Cool. And then I have a 66 Chevelle coming out of the shop, a 54 pickup that just got finished. They're all more muscle car type things. I'm building a 1915 bucket. A 1915? Cool. Yeah, 1915. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Just cool stuff. But you have to understand, I'm from Southern California. So car and surf culture are very prevalent in my artwork and always have been, you know, and I use a lot of car candy paints on my art and surfboard resins on my art, stuff like that. So cars always played a part in what i did
0: well no doubt and when you think about the lowrider scene in socal with for me growing up down there that was such a unique look and feel and even to this day you look at the paint jobs on some of these especially the show cars they're absolutely mind-blowing and they do remind me a bit of graffiti artists because they're layers of different patterns and solids and as you say candy and sparkly and i mean there's all these different things going on but when you sit back they somehow kind of work they all flow together somehow.
1: Yeah. You know, like uh, I won the world championship in like, I think 91 or something with uh, a friend of mine, Slick, and we we're in Britain in England and we were painting these panels and I did this low rider pattern kind of thing inside my letters and people were like, oh man, it was amazing. <laughs> you did the inside border. Everyone does borders on the outside. And I was like, what are they talking about? I just did low rider panels. But anyway, I won and it's cool, but it's kind of funny the way people translated that, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, I think it's great. Well, you're introducing new things to a different culture, you know, being in a a different country. And uh, a lot of things that started here in the U.S. have transpired around the globe, especially in the car world and the paint world and the design world as well. Uh, So I think it's great you took that over there. Was there a first special vehicle for you, Risk, uh, a first car in your life that had great memories? Maybe it's something you saved up for that you finally were able to afford, or maybe it was something that you first painted. What was that ride?
1: Uh... You know, the most memorable car I had was not too memorable. It was a, a Mazda 626, and it was just a beat-up car, and I knocked out the back seat, and I used to sleep back there and had surfboard racks on top. But I always wanted the Mazda RX-7. Oh, That's yeah. what I wanted, the Mazda RX-7. And the rotary engine came out on the RX-7, and my dad was like, and I was a, just a nightmare in school. And he's like, if you graduate school, we'll get you an RX-7.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> and I,
1: uh, I graduated, and he helped me get the RX-7. He did most of it, actually. And uh, I had that car, man. I just ripped around the city in that car. I loved that car. And then, you know, I was doing graffiti, and I, you know, I bought the, I modified the whole car through all the graffiti work and stuff like that. And yeah, so that'd be the first car I really remember back then that I, I actually worked and did something to a modified.
0: Well, that's cool. I'll tell you, my mom, when I was in college, when the first came out, the RX sevens, first gen, she bought one. She didn't tell me, and I thought, man, I got the cool. I mean, I already have. I have a great yeah. mom. She's great to this day. But I thought, my mom bought an RX seven? What? <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, we had a Vista Cruiser, you know, and uh, I think my parents bought a Pontiac LeMans which my dad called a lemon a lemon because it was a horrible car. I think it only lasted a year and they had to get rid of it. But the Mazda RX-7 was awesome and uh even the subsequent generations were kind of cool, but I think that first one with that uh, Wankel engine uh was kind of sweet. Yeah. So you were one lucky kid. So let's see wh- when did you graduate from high school? When would that have been?
1: Uh probably 85? Mid-80s, okay. I think, yeah, yeah, 85. Yeah,
0: something like that. Okay. Well, cool. Well, that must have been a fun car for you. Okay, I'm going to crawl into your head here, Risk. Uh, I doubt anyone's ever asked you this, but I asked all my guests. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive all your creativity, all your energy, all your life, manifest into some kind of vehicle, what would Risk be? And more importantly... Why?
1: Man, I don't. I have. <laughs> wow. I have no. I have no idea, man. Like I don't even. How did? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is a is a, uh, like a graffiti urban assault vehicle that's custom that just has okay. everything on it that, you know, you could go and just you know pull up to a wall and just press buttons and everything comes out and you have all your paint and markers and everything you need something like that. You I love some it. Kind of custom. Yeah. <laughs> urban graffiti assault vehicle i guess
0: (laughs) i knew i get something creative out of your brain uh i love that i've gotten some amazing answers from that question very few people have ever been asked that question i think out of 1665 people i had one person that said i can't answer that and she just wouldn't answer it i tried and tried but she wouldn't do it but i like that yeah a graffiti urban assault vehicle yeah i can see that Okay. There you go. Definitely. And I'll bet the ins- outside of that thing is going to be insane looking too. All right, risk. we're up to what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off some really quick questions, get some really quick answers from you. So here we go. Okay. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to all your success in your life?
1: Obsessive compulsive.
0: A, a little bit, you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal. With anyone in the automotive industry, but I'm going to add the art world too, because you're such a creative artist. Now, this could be somebody living or deceased. Now, you've already painted with Michelangelo's ghost, so you've done that. Yeah. But if I could arrange and bring somebody back from the past, and you could sit down and have a meal with them or a drink, who would it be?
1: Auto, Carroll Shelby, Art, uh, Michelangelo.
0: Okay. Now, wouldn't it be cool to put those, both those people in a room together?
1: 2000%. That'd uh, be awesome.
0: Ah, uh, That would be insane. Now, listen, when it comes to automotive advice, what's the b- best automotive advice someone else has ever offered to you?
1: I don't know. It's always that thing, you know, people say, stop building the cars, just buy it done and then modify it yourself. I mean, it always changes. So I, I guess it's just the mindset you're in. You know, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Do what you feel is right at the time. That's what I hear out of that yes. answer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, there are so many cool resources for us these days to go to when it comes to creativity and so forth. What's a resource you would send the Cars you listeners to to go and uh, have some fun?
1: I, I think Instagram, man. Like, I just, I just start surfing Instagram and looking at stuff. You know, I go down rabbit holes. I'll look at cars, and I'll just go from page to page, to person to person. I'll look at, you know, art. You know, it's just like I could sit there for hours and just like, I see someone like something, make a comment that I like, and I look at their page, and I see another comment that I like, I look at that guy's page, and I just keep finding stuff, you know?
0: Can you imagine having that resource back in the 80s? I, I think it's, it's. Yeah, see, that's,
1: <laughs> that would have been crazy. You know? I know.
0: Yeah. I mean, just insane. I, I just, uh, I can't, it, you can get. Yeah. Talk about rabbit holes. There's a billion rabbit holes to get buried. And I think sometimes it's best for everybody to just put that stuff down and just go create your own stuff. Uh, Start doing your own thing. You can get influenced, but yeah, you can spend an awful lot of your life looking at other people's work and not doing your own. Are you a book reader, Kelly? Do you enjoy reading books? No. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> well, there's an honest answer. <laughs> okay, well, I always ask my guests if there's a book they've read that they've liked to share. I mean, are you into any kind of magazines or any sources you go to where you enjoy to uh, to learn things? Even could be museums.
1: Yeah, well, Deepak's Seven Spheres of Laws of Success, I think, was the best book I ever read. I think that changed my life a little bit. Uh, I thought that was a great book.
0: All right, we are up to what I call the checkered flag here, Kelly. I know you're out doing a job and you got to get back to it, but I want to plan an idea in your head. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. Anything in the world, doesn't matter who owns it or where it is, I'm going to buy it and park it in your home. But there's a couple of rules to this little game since I'm writing what could be a very big check today. You can't sell it to fund a bunch of art projects. I want you to drive it and enjoy it no dust collectors or garage queens allowed on cars yeah and it's the only one cool collector car you can have that makes it really difficult it's got to tick all the boxes for you so if i could go out and buy you something really special today what would it be
1: wow again yeah, i know my mind would change every day but i'm <laughs> going to say today right now where i'm at yeah? the gypsy rose the lowrider that's in the peterson museum gypsy rose
0: Uh yeah i've seen it yeah
1: yeah that's just like the epitome of low riders and I think it's the most famous low rider in the world. And I think it just has so much history. And because you got me thinking about lowriders on this on this podcast. That's my mindset right
0: now. All right. Well, I love it. Yeah, that car was actually out on the mall in Washington, D.C., under glass, I believe. Really? Several years ago. Yeah, they they take special cars. In fact, I was just reading a book last night about the Mustang from Steve McQueen's movie, Bullet. That car was in a glass box. They have out in the, the mall there in Washington, D.C., they put these tribute cars and the Gypsy Rose, I'm almost certain, was there one year. I go back and double-check that. But if it wasn't, it should have been. That is the Queen. Of lowriders, for sure. So, oh man, you picked something really tough for me to buy, didn't you? Holy cow. (laughs) All right, well, listen, I'll get to work on that You know, I thought this would be fun to be something different today. And I want to thank you for taking a little break here and talking with me before I let you go and get back to work, because I think you're one of these guys that never stops creating. Would you offer our listeners out there maybe one little piece of wisdom so they could go out and create their own lives around something creative before I let you drive off into the sunset in that beautiful gypsy rose?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so simple. Keep on keeping on. You know, that's it. Just do what you do, do what you love and never stop doing it and don't listen to anyone else.
0: There you go, and that's from the words of a guy who has lived his life and walked his talk. What's the best way for people to keep up with your busy life?
1: At Risk Rock on Instagram, and then you know we have links on there to to the website and all the other socials.
0: Absolutely, that's risk r i s k rock r o c k dot com. Check it out. Check out the work that that uh, is being done by this incredible guy by the name of Risk. You'll be blown away. It's just absolutely phenomenal, and it's something that has uh, certainly captured my attention. And it's so great to get to know you better. And I want to do a quick thank to uh, a shout out. Thank you to Carrie uh, Cavani and Jessica Bass at Blaze PR. They're the ones that got me together here. And I'm also going to put some links to Monster Energy's website for these new drinks, Papillon Chaotic. And if you want to sign up and maybe. Get lucky, throw your hat in the ring to win this Nova that Risk has painted. Uh, I'll put a link to that too. You can go and put your name in. And who knows, you might be driving a moving kinetic piece of art created by Risk. Yes. Hey, Risk, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. I'm blown away by what you've done with your life. I'm so in awe and I'm really, really excited that we got to talk today. Until you and I talk again. Oh, hey, before I let you go, what are you working on today in the streets of L.A.?
1: Uh, I'm at Tradecraft Farms. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my sponsors. Uh, they do sticky vape and I'm painting one of their dispensaries. It's like in we're in where are we We're in Oxnard, California right now. Okay, okay. And they have this amazing new dispensary. It's it's huge and it's really cool. I'm painting the inside of it right now.
0: All right. Well Oxnard, there's an incredible automotive museum there. You need to take some time to go see. The Mullen Museum. Have you ever been in there?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's
0: awesome. Oh, it's insane. If you want to talk about crazy cars, there's some works of arts in there. Well, listen, my friend, thank you for taking a little break in your creative day here. Until you and I talk again, we'll see you down the road. Hi, right, brother. Thank you. Hey, thank you. This has been super. Bye, guys. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and Collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code CARSYEAH, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Carsia yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com.